Hey guys, this week's episode is so much fun. We have um, our first couple on the podcast. So this week we have Doug and Jamie Hayner. They were on the very first season of Married at First Sight. If you've ever watched or followed that show, I had not. I went back and watched their season. It is incredibly entertaining. It's a very cool concept. We talk about it at the beginning. Um, but more than just their experience on the show, we get some really interesting insights and conversations about the weight of attraction um, in relationships, in marriages, um, what is sort of the difference between attraction and chemistry and how attraction changes shape and form um, in marriages and in lifelong relationships. It's really fascinating. They have some really cool insights on that because of their experience. Um, and then we talk a lot about um, Jamie's journey through postpartum depression and anxiety, um, what that looked like for her after their second child and what that looked like um, for Doug, his role, I think that's something that isn't spoken about a lot is like, what does this mean for the partner, for the for the husband to support? Um, and then how they worked through that, uh, the ways that she started to regain her energy, regain her faith um, and some some tools she used to come out of that after many years of suffering um, and just regain their marriage um, and to regain what they call hot marriage. Cool parents is the name of their podcast, which is so awesome. Um, they're just really genuine people. Um, they're extremely open about what they've gone through, where they've struggled, um, how they have fought to come back um, to a now decades-long marriage that started getting married at, at first sight. So this was such a joy. They're fun. Um, they're empathetic. They really, you can tell their hearts for everything they do and share is for the people who follow them, um, who need to feel less alone and who need to feel hope. So I hope y'all uh, enjoy meeting my new friends, Doug and Jamie Hayner. All right, Doug and Jamie, I'm so glad to be talking with y'all again. I got to be on your show a few weeks back and we had such a great time. So I'm glad for all my Enjoy Life people to meet you guys. Yeah, thanks for having us. We're pumped to be here. So we connected through Family Made Media. Um, so I'm so glad to have y'all on the show and introduce you to the Enjoy Life listeners. Um, how we love to kick it off, because I am from Music City, is if y'all had a walkout song for your life, like a song playing behind you right now as you go into the end of this year, like what would that song be? Just off the cuff. I have one immediately at my end. Excellent. You got I'm curious who, like, if you um, Charles Barkley, I'm going crazy. <laughs> okay. Love the honesty there. So So what I recently started running again. I used to run a lot and I feel like it's so good to just clear your mind and meditate yeah. and like just I don't know, focus on some you know, then something other than like taking care of kids. And um as a song like the playlist I listen to is like Pandora really and so one never comes up and Marion Morris's Bones have you ever heard this song? oh it's so good it's so good and I feel like it's like our our song yeah and that's good all really know the song he's like what trust your judgment <laughs> but it's like it's a it's just a song about um in my opinion like a couple that literally like everything has been thrown at them and they took a hard left turn and it gives me goosebumps to think about it because I feel like um I just still so connected to that song with our relationship. Like we, we recently took a hard left turn, but we're still here and our foundation was strong, yeah. even though we were married strangers. So that sounds odd, but <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's the song. I love that. <laughs> I wouldn't think of that as like a running pump up song, but absolutely on par for like that part of a relationship. Yeah, honestly, when I run, I mean, I do like a run pump up song, but I also, I like get to, I like to get deep and like meditate yeah. and like, and, positive things and i don't know yeah so i, I hear your saying but i do i love that song. yeah i love that running in your feels that's a great one um well you mentioned married at first sight so that's where if a lot of people know you already um they either follow you on social media y'all share so much about your lives and your family and encourage other people you know kind of walking in those, those seasons but it kind of started with married at first sight y'all were on the first season um admittedly i had never seen the show and I watched, I told y'all before, I watched several of the, the first of y'all's episodes just to like get the feel for it. Um, and it really, it's fun. It's a fun to watch. It's a really cool concept and y'all really were the guinea pig. So I'm kind of curious, like why you each chose that? Like what were your expectations going into it? We're not going to camp out here the whole time, but I'm, I am so fascinated. Yeah. That's always the first question. So yeah. don't feel a little, everyone's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I could just 
complete stranger. Like, tell me what happened in your life that you just blindly with someone you never met and you didn't even see. Yeah. Well, for me, for me, um, I had uh, I was at a point in my life where I was I was ready to explore relationships. Um, the way that it was pitched, uh, and admittedly, I had tried out or I filled out applications for other reality shows. Um, there was a show by The Rock Hero, uh, Wipeout. I, you know, I, I just wanted to do something and I was just applying. And I, I think I had my name in some sort of queue or uh, call list. And I remember getting a phone call um, while I was out in the field uh, at my, for my job that I had at the time. Um, and it said, you know, we're from so-and-so from some production company. Uh, we have a love experiment coming to the tri-state area. Would you be interested? And um, I was like a week or two out of, uh, you know, seeing somebody, um, not, not seriously, but um, that had just broken off. So it was like a, almost a perfect time for me to get that phone call. I'll be like, yeah, I'll, I'll explore what this is. And um, from there, it was just interview after interview and just going along and thinking it's some sort of matchmaking game or uh, and a love experiment and as we got or as i got further into the casting calls you know you go to this final casting call i walk into a hotel room and it's you know 50 or 60 dudes in there and then they introduce the show to you they say there's these experts um this is a show that originated in denmark and um, you know, these experts are going to do an in-depth background to uh, specialists in their field, psychology, sociology, sexologist, spiritual advisor. And based on your data, and one of the experts, Dr. Pepper, she was part of the algorithm for like Match.com, what would uh, some of these like matchmaking sites, based on that information, you'll be able to picture what your perfect spouse would look like what you imagine your life to be, um, physical, what your deal breakers are, everything. And then based on that information, if they find a perfect match, the first time you see that person will be at the end of the altar at your wedding. And um, a lot of people got up and left right away. Yeah. A lot of people got up and left. Yeah, um, I guess so. <laughs> so it was, um, you know, for, for me, I don't... I think I saw it differently when I was when I was going through. Meaning that I it wasn't scary to mm. me. It was just like okay, well, if I if I trust this, if yeah. I trust the experts, and they they were very accredited and um, respected individuals. It seemed if if I'm true truthful in myself, if I um, if I really paint a picture of what I would want my wife to be personality wise. If you stick to my deal breakers, mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, physically and uh, culturally, everything else that would be part of it. Um, if you find a person based on that, then that would probably be a perfect person that I would normally pick. Um, and that was my headspace mm -hmm. going into it. I didn't have, I didn't have any nerves, or I wasn't scared at all. They they had a really good cheese and fruit platter too. I was starving. <laughs> Was sold on the cheese platter. Uh, but then, you know, they, they introduced the experts and you got a chance to speak to them and got to agree to move on from yeah. there. And then that's when the assessments and everything are. Are you innately a pretty logical guy? Uh, yes, I'm also a dreamer, okay. though. I'm, yeah, so. That seemed um, like a very logical complete. analysis. Like, the facts should make it work. Yeah, I, I also am blindly... Uh, optimistic. In <laughs> Ditto. Yeah. I gotcha. What about you, Jamie? And I think I'm kind of the opposite. Yeah. To be honest, which is wonderful because he brings that. I want to be blindly positive, yeah. but I'm like, that's not the real world. Like the real world, you got to be careful. We can just like go out, wear your rose colored glasses, and <laughs> you're going to be a smash, you know? Um, so my, for me, same story, you know, uh, it was just a love experiment. It wasn't you were marrying a stranger. And they essentially said, are you having trouble dating, finding someone? And I was like, yeah. And I had actually been on The Bachelor previously. So that's probably how they got my information. And because um, they were cold calling, really. Like mm. they, were, they were not, it wasn't like there was a sign up, like, if you want to be married at first sight. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. So they said, oh, are you having struggles? And would you, do you think that you would benefit from having help from these experts? They really want to 
their their approach to me was that they wanted to change the statistics in America. It's 50-50, you know, 50% stay married, 50% can divorce. That's pretty much still the same. Mm-hmm. It's been hovering for a long time. And they said, what if we, you know, put science into this and, you know, matchmaking and arrangements have been happening for year, I mean, for more than choosing your yeah. partner, you know, longer than, than, you know, choosing your partner. And so, and I have a science background. I'm, I'm a labor delivery nurse. And so I was like, scientific, obviously I believe in science. I'm like, scientifically, it makes sense. Oh. And I am having trouble. And if you're telling me that I have to pay for all these fancy yeah. experts to find me my quote unquote perfect partner, okay, yeah, I'll give not? this a shot. Um, it wasn't that easy immediately. Like at first I was like, I don't know, should I do it? I don't know. This is, this is something else. Like, and also I really value marriage and the sanctity mm-hmm. of marriage. And I didn't, I didn't want it to be like, you know, I'm not, not to joke, not to like bash on the bachelor and I'm not at all. It's a great show. Uh, there have been many great relationships that happened from there, but my experience on there was that it was very produced mm-hmm. and I didn't feel that I could be authentic. And that, necess- I mean, this is just my own experience. And so that's not for everybody, but for me, I felt like they really wanted the love story mm-hmm. and they really pushed for something. And I was like, I'm not doing that again. Yeah. Cause first of all, I'm a fool myself. <laughs> Second of all, um, you know, I just don't, I, that's just, I don't, I don't like really do well in that situation. And so anyways, yeah, they, pretty awkward. yeah I'm very awkward. <laughs> I mean, totally and like, I just wouldn't embarrass myself anymore. <laughs> and so, um, anyway, so long story short, I saw the Danish version that, so it had been done once before it was in Denmark and it was nothing like the bachelor. It was honestly nothing like weird at first sight <laughs> either, but, um, but they were just, it wasn't like, Oh, we're in love on our first date yeah. and I might marry. And like, and now I'm just like smitten. It was like, okay, this is kind of awkward. It's kind of weird, <laughs> yeah. but me something. And I was like, okay, that's real. And yeah. and how they got me is they said that one of those couples were still married and they were looking for, like they were trying to have a baby. And I was like, if I could be there and yeah. because they had been married for a year, I was like, if that could be me. And so I am a dreamer also. And I was like envisioning like, okay, you're going to help me find this guy. We're going to be in love and get, you know, like, yeah. So, and then our wedding day happened and you saw that. Yeah. So. <laughs> Wasn't quite the scene from The Bachelor, exactly. Right. <laughs> but obviously mm-hmm. you guys have been together now for what, over 10 years um, was when that happened. So like something nine. about the experiment worked. Yeah. <laughs> and um, for us, it was it being season one, not even the production company, knew what would be popular what mm-hmm. you know the show should go it really, really was like a docuseries yeah, yeah it wasn't necessarily an outline to follow and i think uh jamie and i when we first met each other we just said let's try to be the same people on and off camera That's literally great. our wedding on our wedding like the honeymoon then i guess and i'm like thinking to myself i hope he doesn't think that this is going to be like you know there's no consummating this marriage because i wouldn't have let you in my pants i'm sure (laughs) it was doug fighting jamie off let's be real once the cameras went away uh but i mean truly you've just met this person it's so crazy so i'm curious first of all congratulations like that seems like a big feat it's such a unique story and you guys just lean into it i think so well like how honest you know you are but also how hard you fought for it. Like you said, you believe in the sanctity of marriage and it was clear that that long-term partnership was what y'all went there for. And it certainly like was a bit of an uphill battle the way you started. Um, and I'm just curious, you know, where you are now and everything you went through, like, did that change your understanding or sort of perspective of the role of attraction or maybe the weight of attraction in a relationship? Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, so for any of your listeners who don't know, so when we, I was like, obviously full, like head on it, like full in, and so was Douglas. We were both very much head in, but we had never seen each other. We didn't know what it was me. We knew nothing about each other. So we're at, you know, our wedding day and I, the doors open. Actually, we have to open our doors and I walked <laughs> out the aisle and um, I see my husband, Doug, for the first time. And I was like, I don't, I just envisioned from that Danish version, I thought that I had like immediate butterflies and attraction. And I was like, I don't, I have that. Like, uh oh, this is not what I thought it was going to be. Like, I thought this is going to be like love. And I don't know. I was very, very juvenile. Like, I feel like that's kind of like juvenile thinking and kind of shallow and wishful. Wishful. It is. I'm natural. Yeah. Wishful. 
Yeah. And so needless to say, the attraction just wasn't there. I had, he, the man hadn't even spoken, but I was like, I think I was just honestly terrified mm. of marrying a stranger. It was a legally binding marriage. Yeah. It wasn't like, yeah. you know, this was real. This was very real for me. I mean, my niece and my, my nieces were my flower girl. My mm. nephew would have been the ring bearer if I like, yeah. was really in rings. <laughs> and um, my sisters were my bridesmaids. And it was a very real wedding for me. This wasn't for TV. Mm. This was very real for me. And I thought I would have butterflies on my wedding day. And there just were none. So I was like, this was the biggest mistake in my life. I can't mm. believe I just did this. I really do value marriage. And now I, I thought this was different than like, I do think it was, in, I thought that maybe they were like setting me up. I'm like, really? I like trusted these experts. Mm -hmm. And and but that's where that, the, to get back to your question, where I was, I would, I mean, I was 27, so I wasn't that young, but I have learned since then that like, man, you, like, I judged a book by its cover all the time, clearly. And he hadn't had a chance to even say a word and I was out. Like, that's, ridiculous and also not for nothing but oh i mean if i would have just went with that if i would have just been like nope not attracted i'm out first of all the attraction would have never grown second of all we wouldn't have this amazing beautiful family that we have yeah. right now i probably would be divorced because to be very honest you know attraction fades anyways and so mm. if you're going to hold this attraction that's probably why it's 50-50 in America because yeah. the attraction absolutely fades. You get older, wrinkles, gray hairs. I think, well, I, I, I think attraction um, changes shape. I think that's a really great one. Yeah, you, what does that mean? You, you know, there's there's an initial attraction. There's, you know, I mean, there's, I don't want to say it sounds that's like a really animalistic where, you know, there's like a scent. Um, but it is. But I yeah. believe there's aura, you know, where, you know, two people click and connect. As you grow, you know, there's going to be certain parts that you're going to um, feel comfortable with. And, you know, like someone that's absolutely beautiful, um, there's going to be other ways that you're going to start to be attracted. I think for any couple, as you progress, you know, it's finding new ways to, you know, to stay attracted to mm. each other. That you hit money on the head. So I shouldn't say attraction fades because well, that is true. It does fade, of course, but it can also grow. Mm -hmm. And so if you're, you don't ever want to, at least I've learned from my own experience, but you know, our, my marriage and this relationship is that if you, if someone is great for you on paper and, and a lot of people and my followers are like, Oh, you really find a great person. And I'm like, and they'll say they have like a great friend that's just not there. And I'm like, if everything is great on paper, then you're never going to have one person in life that's just everything, yeah. checks all the boxes. None of us are perfect. I mean, we just are. And so, and also, don't we think those expectations are a bit too high? Because unless you yourself are perfect, which I guess some people might think that they are, but like none of us are perfect. Yeah. And so you have to give grace to, you know, this person. So like, if he makes you laugh, if you can have a good time with him or her, uh, if you... You know, if you trust them, if yeah. they're good to you. I grew up where, you know, unfortunately, my mom was in relationships and my stepdad was in the jail for, you know, abusing her. I mean, just like really true, like terribly abusing her, like to the point of nearly death multiple times. And so I kind of had low standards. You know, I, I was like, listen, if he doesn't abuse me, then I should be real happy. But the truth of the matter is, is like, you know, that is that is something that we should be really thankful for. I mean, there are people out there who are struggling with these types of issues, whether it's physical abuse, mental emotional abuse. And so there are other things to be focused on other than just attraction. Yeah. And I think that we as a society, especially in America, that is like our number one thing. And yeah. it's like, wait a minute, attraction can grow. Like when you see, like when I see my husband as a, first of all, when I know that I can tell him anything, we could be like, really hot and heavy and I can be like, nope, don't, I don't feel like good anymore. And he's not mean to me. I mean, I don't know if I've ever dated someone, but like men could be really, really neat and women probably too. I mean, so you Blue do... balls never kill you. <laughs> like, enough. turns me on more than yeah. like a buff body or I don't know, like Brad Pitt's face, which I think is quite handsome. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I love that. And I think I agree with you completely. And I think it's people are quick to dismiss people who they have very similar foundations with and goals, you know, for life that align because, you know, there isn't the attraction. And I think 
past a certain point, right? There needs to be that desire. And if that right. doesn't surface after a certain point, that's a whole nother conversation. But I feel like kind of what I hear from y'all and, and I feel like I've experienced this in my life in certain scenarios, maybe what you look for first is almost more like chemistry than attraction. Because if that chemistry is there, like you said, if you feel comfortable and safe and trustworthy and silly and laughter, like that will grow into a tra sexual attraction most times. Thing is, is that it doesn't if you have a closed mind. And so now, when I've watched Married at First Sight season after season after season, and I can see, I can see why some, like these, some of these couples are paired, but the one person is just so closed-minded mm. and easily offended. So mm. it's it's two categories in this. Like if you're if you're easily offended that you know you weren't like, for example, if Doug was easily offended. And, and he could have been, I'm kind of like gratefully so. I mean, I had freaking panic attack on our wedding day. He could have been like, peace out, girl. Yeah. But she had no idea. <laughs> Worked out well for me. <laughs> um, but you, there's so there's two things. You got to have confidence in yourself and, you know, and um, and you have to have an open mind because, mm. it, you know, you're going to just say, oh, yeah, attraction can grow. But if you're not actually going to allow it to grow and it's it sounds easy and it's, it's obviously not, you know, yeah. it's not. And so... I just have had so many conversations with so many women primarily who are like, oh, he's such a great guy. And I know that like everyone tells me I should go for him. But I just don't feel it. And I'm like, are you allowing yourself to like, yeah. and it's okay to not, you know, but then maybe don't be sad when you're single because you're not allowing yeah. yourself to, to let that love grow for whatever reason. And that's kind of more of a, of a personal thing. That's kind yeah. of more on you than it, on the first thought the you know, because it would be, it could be with many different men, you know, or. I just, I've been talking to women. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. You do have to have an open-minded heart um, for that to happen. And I think y'all modeled that so well, obviously, in your years and times following the show and your early years of your marriage. And I feel like you do a really good job of that now. Um, from what I see, I mean, your podcast, which, you know, is number one rated podcast y'all have done for a long time, is called Hot Marriage, Cool Parents, which I think is the coolest name. I know I think you're changing it, but I do think it's really cool. <laughs> Um, where, where did that come from and why did y'all start that why was that your focus it's really kind of a joke of course like we're just trying our best to have a hot marriage yeah, and we're trying but... our parents and but like you know, isn't every everybody day. <laughs> yeah and uh, i just thought it was clever i like the idea of hot and cool yeah. and i love mockery of it because you know we're really just like a crapshoot like <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, I feel like that is that is genuine, like who we are. We are, you know, just trying, trying to live our life, and that's really what our podcast is all about. I mean, there's, it's like, you know, just trying to trying to make it through, and then also trying to encourage others yeah. to help them realize they're not alone either. I mean, yeah. we're all we're all going through the same things at the same times, no matter where we're at. You know. Yeah, y'all do a good job of that. It's really fun, really authentic on every side of it like hilarious authentic really deep and personal authentic so i appreciate what y'all do and anybody who doesn't follow is it still hot marriage cool parents it is we were going to change it because our youtube page is hanging with the haters and i just feel like um it's probably best to have yeah. our names like you know but i just i should give it it's up so good. Such either a way cool y'all go follow hot marriage cool parents and hanging with the haters um <laughs> but i guess i will ask you just sort of piggyback off of like the initial attraction, you know, in chemistry conversation, speak to people, you know, like me who just got married or people in that like four or five year point in their marriage. Like what are some, some recurring obstacles or some recurring sort of, I don't know, strategies that y'all have found to, to maintain that connection and fun and chemistry and intimacy. Okay. Like I can probably sum this up with one word. And that's therapy. I really, <laughs> I really believe in therapy. And the reason E is that it's been a blessing. It has been yes. such a blessing. First of all, we got married with essentially therapists. So I guess that's true. I never mean to like lean in on that as much as I had no idea how beneficial it is to have someone completely outside the box mm. to chat with about your problems. So it's, of course, easy for some people if they have a great relationship with their best friend or their mom or their aunt or their grandma and to talk to. And we tend to just go there. But the issue with that, and there, of course, there isn't an issue. You certainly should. And, and you know, but the, there is this one problem that they are always inevitably going to be biased towards you. Mm -hmm. 
even when you say that they're not, they are because that's that's their family. Yeah. Like they love you. You work for it first and foremost. And the issue with that is that they also, when you forget, when you're like all mad that your husband, you know, left the toilet seat up and threw his clothes all over, and he's on this five days in a row, and you're like, what a lazy slob. And you tell your, you know, your whole family, yeah. and then like a week later, your husband's doing great, and they're like, oh, he's and he like just has like one little accident of like. Who knows what? Like, and they're like, oh, he's such a lazy yeah. sloth. Like, they yeah. don't see the progression. They just remember you complaining because totally. it's, we tend to complain more than we praise. Right. And so it's a tricky situation if you're going to go to your family or your best friends or whatever and complain about your partner because, well, if, if you do that, that's okay. But then make sure that you follow up and say, hey, this has gotten yeah, better. <laughs> right. And the thing about that is, is we forget to do that. But a therapist, if you have a great therapist, yeah. you can talk about five days my husband peed all over the freaking seat. He let things just being all these things. Well, I'm just saying, like, actually, my husband does that. And I'm really thankful. But I'll tell you, you have an embarrassment. But the therapist, if you have a good one, I have, have great aim with my feet. <laughs> <laughs> we have a great therapist, and she'll, if she's listening, she'll she'll kind of follow through and she'll also be like, well, Jane, okay, I hear you that your husband does all these things, but how about you? You know, like, yeah. what are you doing? Why does your husband feel like he's so rushed that he has to pee real fast and yeah. like take his clothes off? <laughs> oh, is he the one taking the kids to school every morning? Like maybe yeah. that's, you know, and so then you're like, wait a minute. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like what about, like, what, what can, what am I doing to contribute to this? And so, um, I would say, oh my gosh, even if you're in a good spot mm. in your marriage, having an ongoing therapist is literally, I just couldn't say enough about that. I really couldn't because, and it's like, you know, couples, not just one or the other. Yeah. Um, because it's just, they help you hold, they hold you accountable. And then when small things come up, you can talk, you know, you can talk to this therapist who also isn't biased, you know, mm -hmm. like they're really, that's not, not their job. And they're also confident. I need to keep yeah. private. So many reasons why it's so good. The one small thing that I just is so unfortunate is that it is expensive yeah. and not everybody therapist or has time for a therapist. Yeah. And I, I think it helps. Uh, it helps. <laughs> Um, it helps. There's a lot less blow-ups, mm. like a lot less like fire burning up into that overflow sort of state. Um, you know, and for for me, I was never, I was never a good communicator. I still struggled with communication uh, and feelings and exactly what I want to say, um, saying or speaking up when things bother me, you know, like that just wasn't ever me. And, um, you know, you start to, to realize that, you know, when you, when you keep things in, you know, it's almost like you're, you're, you create just a really a unspoken sort of expectation type thing. And if no one knows that something bothering you, how can they change it? And yeah, you know, it's, it, it's really helped us, um, as, and especially me with, with communication, but also um, not getting to the boiling point. Yeah. Uh, or not being a get there, being able to, you know, have an adult conversation and sort of, you know, nip it in the bud as soon as things start to happen. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all um, are very open about, since we're on the topic of therapy, getting to a, a, a what I would call breaking point at some point in your marriage about seven years in um and just throwing around even the idea of divorce do you mind talking through a little bit of what brought you there how i assume that's one of the the moments that really drove y'all to therapy maybe you were there before um and just kind of speak to people who might be in that much of a strain in a marriage right now and and just kind of give them encouragement through what y'all overcame yeah so First things first is I think us women tend to think that we can, I mean, they're told we can do it all. That that's like, hey, we're strong. We can do it all. Like looking up babies and you working on. That was like, and that is something that we're proud of because we do do it all. Yeah. However, we shouldn't have to. And there's a reason why they, that saying it takes a village mm. is like around for ages. And it really does take a village to carry your children. So what happened, I think, looking back now that we're, well, you know, not, we're just, we're just giving up at that point. I mean, and so thank you, Jesus, seriously. But anyways, um, I would say that for, for us, I, 
first of all, I had both my babies on camera. So I am a, just, I really enjoy working. I really enjoy connecting. I mean, these, these, um, I have such an amazing community of, I call them like girlfriends and they're just so loyal and loving and raw and real. And I, I'm, I just, I enjoy connecting with them. I enjoy sharing experiences. I enjoy, I enjoy the fact that they will share their experiences with me to make yeah. me feel less alone. Yeah. And so, you know, we, I, I really never ever had a maturity break. I never, ever, I mean, I literally was still me while I, I was working while I was pushing my baby off me and, and yeah. so both of them. And I would take my baby to LA to shoot. I, I hosted this after show for Merit at First Sight for many seasons and I would take you know, my daughter with me, I was nursing and of course done chaos, you know, <laughs> the, and it's hard to pump and get all that milk. And so I was just working and working and working. And I just never said no to an opportunity. And, um, and I really felt blessed. I mean, I also felt like, wow, God has given me all these opportunities. I'm going to be thankful and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do it. But I didn't realize that first of all, I'd never really put self-care mm. at the top of my, I didn't really thinks that that was as important as working. I always felt like I have to work, 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 work. You know, like, I mean, I grew up very poor and we would have sometimes no food, no electricity, no heat, and you're from upstate New York, so it's freaking freezing. And there's like no heat or, yeah. So for me, it's in my head, like, if you can work, you better work yeah. because you just, almost like you never know when that can happen again. And so I'm like trying to get on that. That's cool in the story. So needless to say, I worked a ton. And and after our son, after we, our son, our second son, um, our second baby, uh, we, I just, I think, I mean, I definitely had postpartum depression. I knew it in myself because I, like I said, I'm a labor delivery nurse. I'll have a yeah. screen for it. I could tell, but I was also kind of like, it, it's a weird thing when you when you have like postpartum depression and anxiety because you're almost like disconnected from yourself, mm. and you can see that you have all the symptoms. You can see that you're miserable you can feel it and and really and that's when the suicidal thoughts come in because mm. you're like i can't explain it and um and it's hot oh golly i feel like i cry just because it's a really really hard time mm. and um and i knew that i sounded i felt crazy i sounded crazy i assumed everyone around me thought i was crazy and so i think what happened for our marriage was a i felt i i felt like he wasn't stepping enough up enough but also I was incredibly depressed, depressed and anxious. So it's not like I was thinking with a clear mind and I knew that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, so it was that. And then also I really felt like I was working all the time. And so that there was a couple things that happened that made me feel like he must be cheating on me because mm-hmm. we'll also be having sex and in a marriage. And I'm with my husband in particular. He enjoys having sex. And like, I just wasn't dealing it when you're freaking anxious and depressed and you're working nonstop and you have two small children. That was the last thing on my mind. And, but I also had guilt over that because I was like, oh, that's how he, he, that's his love language is physical touch. And I didn't even want to be touched. Like I would like leave me. Also simultaneously, it was just such a pressure because also I wanted to have another baby because I want to have, like, I want to have a family. And so, I was just really personally quite a mess and I literally, and I realized it and I was kind of like begging for help and hoping someone could see me, which yeah. sounds bizarre. And I was like, I don't know how to help myself. And so our therapist was monumental. I'm so thankful that my husband wasn't like, I feel like cry over this because he was patient and loving just like from day one, you know, and like, um, just, you know. When, I knew she was crazy. Yeah, and I still am. Um, yeah, I'm just very thankful that that I had someone who was willing to stick by my side through that. Um, and so, needless to say, uh, if you're in that seven year, for us, it really was that seven year pitch. You know, like it was so true for us. Like I think that by the time you get married and it's nine years in, you add on all these responsibilities, likely children. But also, this was um, also COVID. To it. Uh, yeah, that right. too. Getting, you know, for us, for us, like, you know, oh, and what was eye opening with the, with our therapist was, you know, with COVID, you're, you're stuck almost, mm. you know, you're stuck inside. So for us, we were and like, terrified. Yeah. I was yeah. pregnant with my, yeah. Oh, I tried so hard to get, I and mean, we lost two babies mm. prior to him. So I'm like, I'm not losing this one. And yeah. I was terrified. Mm. I was absolutely terrified. 
terrified not only of catching COVID and having to be separated from him. I don't know if he caught it where he died because this was in the beginning. You yeah. know, we were new. It was just, it was 100%. It was, it was sanitizing bags from the grocery store. Oh, yeah. I mean, weren't we all? Yeah. <laughs> for 22 yeah. hours before bringing you in. I mean, yeah. yeah it but was the, a time. Yeah. What I was going to say was the, um, you know, when, when you're stuck and something the therapist, uh, I mean, she, she caught on to this so fast because, you know, we were just like, you know, we, we want to branch out. We want community. We want all these things. But, you know, for, for us, we're, you know, we're working from home. We're parenting from home. Our kids are toddlers and a newborn or, you know, not even there yet. So, you know, she was just like, you guys are leaning on each other as, mm. as yeah. you know, friends, confidants, yeah. business partners, lovers, like, Everything. Like we do, it was all no one can be everything to somebody else. Yeah. And you expect your partner to be every single thing that you need. Yeah. You need something else. And it's unfair to expect that from your partner. Yeah. And that was kind of the turning point for us. Yeah. We were like, oh, like, you know, we, we tried. It's hard to, it's, it's difficult because some families, you know, you just have the strong family unit and bonding and whatnot. And we do, we're fortunate to have that, but kind of, I mean, it's kind of, I don't know, it's kind of complicated. So, you know, we didn't, I don't, I only live where I'm from because I just like the sun and like better weather yeah. and the beach. I get you it. You know, so yeah, so I'm not even close, you know, we're not living near my family. So my mom, I love her to death, but she's, there's just no support, mm. you know, unfortunately. I mean, she, there is. I don't mean to say there's none. She yeah. tries her best. But, um, and so, and then, you know, so we lived in New Jersey near his family for a solid five years. Like, I gave it an attempt. But I felt like I never developed a community there. Like, I didn't have, you know, when you have your people. Yeah. And, and another great thing my therapist said is that sometimes family, they are, you know, you love them, of course. But they're not your people. And that's okay. Oh, and I was wow. like. I've never heard that yeah, before, and I for me to be like okay, because I was trying to force myself like a like a square peg into a round hole mm. to think that of course we love each other, we're family, and we really love each yeah. other and enjoy each other's companies and whatnot. But like some like you know you just gravitate towards people, and I'm trying so hard to be like family, you know, and I think that's repelling a little bit to some people as well. Like okay, girl, like back off a little bit. Yeah. So, this to say, you know, five years in Jersey, and I, I never really found my people. And sometimes your people, you know, are not necessarily family, and that's okay. And so I, just, and again, through COVID, it is so difficult yeah, to find yeah, meet right. new people. Yeah. yeah. So, needless, I'm down in Florida, and I just we started going to church again. I'm very thankful for my assistant because for many, many, many years, she was the kind of person like you know, who just, you know, loves Jesus and loves people. And she loved us. And through, I mean, and let me tell you, she worked with us during that awful depression and whatnot. So I can't imagine what I was like to work with. And she was lovely and kind and I'll grab her Diana Tea Garden. You are the best and I love you. And um, I don't know if you're listening, you probably aren't, but <laughs> I miss this message to you. Um, so she was just like, just open up, like in the most kind, gentle loving way like hey you know is there a church coming you want i mean that's a great way to have a community mm -hmm. and so we start church and um and it is a great way to have a community and and like that's like i found my faith again and so if i could say like therapy and if you're faith-based you know get back get one back into church or at least have a friend who to kind of you can lean on in yeah. that in that it's it always it's amazing to me too though like there's there's certain moments where, because I'm not a very religious person. Um, I am an ordained minister, so I could do weddings. Um, but so he's very religious. yeah. But you know, and any time where I think it's just like we walk into church and we see people like this, like singing, and you know, it's like it's it's still uncomfortable for me to like. I just never was that type of spiritual person mm -hmm. um but when you think about it every i mean any time we've gone to church the message has always been applicable it's always mm -hmm. been totally relevant to what we're going through and you know to think that at that moment 
we started going to a church. We met a family um, that's there that invited us into this neighborhood. We fell in love with the neighborhood. We fell in love with the people. And a couple years later, we live in the neighborhood yeah. and we're yeah. part of the community. Yeah. That's awesome. And and happier. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's amazing. That's anytime where I think that, you know, religion is some like voodoo, you know, like it's like there is that path to wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's God honestly, is a God of people, right? Like he wants to bring his people together. I believe that 100%. And it's such a good reminder for people who are probably in your shoes all over the country, like whether they move to Florida or whether, you know, it's not that type of COVID anymore, but whether they're in this season where they feel like they are trying to be each other's everything and it's just not working, that that is a safe place to step out and that, you know, if it is a healthy, kind, you know, loving church that the goal is to create and facilitate community, right? Like first and foremost. So I'm, I'm so glad that y'all have found that. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah, pretty well. I feel like honestly, I can't thank Diana. My, she just had a baby and her, her baby's like little. So she's no longer with us. She's like with her baby, but, um, man, she, I really believe God placed her mm. in our life. I mean, she has just been nothing but a friend to me. Like she was, fan like I'm not necessarily she wasn't like you know hardcore or like that but like she she was just loving and supportive to me and like for many many years and then eventually I hired her because I was like gosh she's just such a great person and she yeah. never ever was a person to be like you need Jesus and you need to church and what you're doing is sinful or you know what I mean like she just loved yeah like you know it's completely judgment-free yeah. and then when I asked her like I, when I'm like, oh, I'm just like drowning in my old sorrow over here. And she's like, oh, well, maybe that's an idea. You could go to church. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a good, that's a nice yeah. thought. And so then, oh, and then it's just God just does his thing. Yeah. And yeah. And like, I cry because it's like, it's really amazing. It, it, it really is. Was that yeah. a crucial part of your battling and coming out of that postpartum oh, anxiety like, and depression? Paramount. I would I say. From my point of view. Yeah. I would say, I mean, I was on the highest dose of medication and I um, had a therapist. I was running, like I was trying to get back into like this pot. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm I was eating like the car light, which is like this really expensive, mm -hmm. crunchy granola, no pesticides. Cause I'm like, I'm trying everything, yeah, everything. to be free. You know, like I'm trying like eating so car war. It's actually delicious. So, <laughs> um, but very expensive. Um, but I was just trying everything I could because I wanted to be a, a better wife, a better mom. Mm. I was just miserable. And, and like, um, and I, I didn't realize that the one thing I was missing was like, you know, like I had no one other than Doug to go to and Diana. Thank you, Diana. But I didn't, you know, I didn't, when I was a kid, I would go to church and I like grew up, you know, I said this domestic violence and just poverty. And the only like safe place for me that I felt like for a long time and my only like out was to just pray to god and to, to and i never knew my father so i would literally pray to him like like my like like truly like a earthly oh. like i would talk to an earthly father because i didn't have so good and, yeah and um and then i you know life happens and i don't even know like i just like some things happen and, you know my moved all things and then diana it was just i mean i really feel like it's 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 a you know if you ever wonder if God loves like one person, possibly be you. And then you just, if you just look back at your life and you think about how he's incorporated someone who loves him into, I mean, Diana, it's just bizarre. I mean, woman, we're, it's a, it's a long story, but she, I, without a doubt, I know that she literally just worked with me so that to like, to guide me back to like Jesus. Mm. So I don't even know if she really truly knows that, but I think she does. I bet she does. Yeah, <laughs> that's so good. Well, I know that that is probably such an encouragement and a light that people, women especially, who are in that season right now, postpartum is so common. And and it just, I, I feel like, I can feel people being relieved by hearing you say, like, I really was doing everything and I just felt like helpless and at rock bottom and that there are people that, you know, will come into your life to help you get to church or get to therapy or find medication, whatever, it, whatever you need, like 
if you really can be prayerful for those people to come into your life that like your evidence that that happens and that you can get out of it and thrive and and get back into the marriage and the type of relationship that you had before and I, i'm just thankful that you're so honest about that season of your life thank you yeah no i i would say if there's another woman postpartum can happen a year after yeah, having yeah. a baby yeah it can happen and it and it's it kind of takes you by so i was not expecting that i mean i had another i already had a baby mm. and what to mean like I, I had blues of course you know and i thought that that was i had no idea yeah. what real like i had no idea how bad it could really be so man if there's another if there's another person out there another woman experiencing that i would just say um I would also say, first of all, I would say therapy is so incredibly helpful. And with all the things, like move your body, try to eat healthier. It's so hard when you're in that cycle. But um, of course, take medication if your doctor recommends that. But also, and whether you're, you know, believing Jesus or not, just go to church because it's such a good message. And you can, and people who love Jesus love people. And so you can. That's right. To love you, you know, and find the church that fits you for sure yeah things you is there are a ton and you're and none of them just like another human being none of them are gonna perfectly align with right. all all your whatever your requirements are but like trying to have an open mind and just go anyways and i also want to say though too um you know like i, I don't want this to come off like like jamie postpartum depression i was totally innocent on all of this i mean there was a ton of stuff in being lazy, not being forthcoming, mm-hmm. being depressed myself. Like there was, there was a lot of challenges that I was working through also, um, you know, and thankfully for our kids, you know, it was almost like a perfect distraction while their parents figured their shit out. Yeah. Uh, you know, but I think, you know, with each, with each bump, you know, you get stronger mm-hmm. and yeah. you realize that, even nine years in, we're still building our foundation. Yeah, that's a good reminder. Yeah. Based on that Marin Morris song. Yeah, the bones. the bones. Man, the bones are good. We're back up. I think our bones are good, Doug. Yeah. <laughs> Doug, can you real quick, because I don't think this is, an, is a conversation that happens enough, for husbands, for men whose wives are really struggling with postpartum. I know you said you had your own stuff going on, too. Mm-hmm. How did... What did that look like for you? Like, how do you encourage those guys, you know, to be there even when like, like Jamie has said, you know, she knew you loved her, but she didn't feel it. Like that feels like an impossible sort of uphill battle. Like I'm doing it. You just can't feel it. That's so hard. Wow. And, you know, it was, it was tough for, it was tough for me to watch because, you know, you, you get to a point where it's just like, you know, there's, there's just nothing that I can do that's right. Uh, nothing is going right. And, you know, when, when you have your kids at home, uh, I think I sort of, you know, when, when Jamie was going through her thing and, and, you know, I just felt like there wasn't, we weren't like clicking, you know, I would, I would sort of just be with the kids more, you know, and just sort of take care of them. And I think what started to change was just finding out what she needed that day, that moment, mm. uh, and not try to guess what I should be doing, but actually, you know, try to find some way to help, uh, you know, and, and it's, you know, it, it, it does take a lot of patience and it's frustrating. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you, when you hear your, your wife say how depressed she is, uh, you know, and you're around her every day, you can't help but think that, you know, like, well, what, what the F, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, if, what, what's, what, what can possibly happen even if there's suicidal thoughts in there it's just like well you know what do i even say to that mm-hmm. you know like it, you almost you don't want to you don't want to blame yourself you want to just sort of just be positive and yeah. well, that's the other thing too that i would say for a supporting partner person is when someone else is going through that it's so hard to remain so selfless because then, of course, it's, you're openly living with me and I'm miserable. I can't even imagine, you know? But instead of him being selfish and being like, girl, like, you're all you're thinking about yourself and all your struggles and, and, and you know, like, he would over and over again, like, just hug me and mm. not say anything. 
really all I needed was like a hug to know that I'm loved. Like if you were to, you would remind me that my kids love me mm. and I am important and that I need, you know, that I needed here on earth. And, mm. uh, you know, and I think that that when you're in that type of depression, you don't actually know that. Like you really are oh. wondering, like, is it, is it even worth it? Like, should, like, and you can't even believe it. Like when, like if I had never experienced that, then I couldn't, you can't even fathom mm-hmm. that someone would even, you can't even, yeah. you're like, especially when people think, you know, they see me on the outside and they think, oh, well, she's had it all. Like she's got this amazing husband that she just, you know, married at first sight and she's got two beautiful children. And, and for me, I, I mean, where I come from, my goodness, I do have it all. Yeah. And so even in my own head, I'm like, I have it all. What is wrong mm-hmm. with me? Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, I just don't, I, and, but I don't feel like I was worthy for it. I didn't feel like anyone even cared about me if I was here or not. Like, and honestly, like, of course, my children, I, I just thank God for my children because that is obviously at the end of the day. And what's sad is that it can get so bad that you don't even have that, like that you start to think that they'd be better off without you. Mm. And, and that is such a scary place to be. Mm-hmm. And so I would, really encourage anyone who's kind of going down that path at all of just if you're starting to recognize those symptoms of just not having like energy like not even caring if you're showering or brushing your teeth kind of like you know um like canceling with friends or you feel like you don't even have friends anyways you never go out if you're starting to notice these like very reclusive and like it's just you never have energy and you're exhausted and you're tired but yet you slept for like 12 hours or whatever you know like if you're starting to catch on to these like postpartum or not even just postpartum but just depression mm-hmm. um you start to catch on to these things truly 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 like talk to your doctor please mm-hmm. and don't be medicine like if your heart wasn't working you take a pill yeah, if you're amen, lip, yeah. you take yeah. a pill if your brain's not working take the pill let yeah. it help you you not forever and go to a therapist like yeah. i think those two things because when you're so far down in that deep cycle of like depression and anxiety it's, you know, people say, why don't you wrap in? Why don't you, you know, and move? Oh, eat healthy. And yeah, you're like, okay. I have zero energy. All yeah. I, I'm going to go to McDonald's and grab a Big Mac meal, make it extra large, lay in my bed and like cry. Yeah. It's like, that's all yeah. I like, do all the time. And like going for a run or even a walk, like that yeah. sounded awful. <laughs> but so what it takes is finding support to get into the point where you have a little bit of energy yes, to go for exactly. the walk. walking. You're like, oh. This feels good. And then you start yeah. running even 10 minutes. I mean, this was yeah. my experience. Um, so anyway, it's not to, you know, not to kind of, but like if someone listening to you is going through it, I would want to share that with them because I think a lot of times, you know, medicine is, there's such a stigma with it still. Like to yeah. say that you're on, I, I wouldn't even want to admit it because I was like, I don't want anyone to know because there is such a stigma with mental yeah. health still, which, but anyway, there's, there should be no stigma. And I tell you, I take medication and so does Douglas calling yeah. out. So you can take medication with us and it's okay. <laughs> no, Jamie, I thank you so much for saying all of that. I think I've had some people in my life battling depression as well. And I I appreciate you saying, like, just do the things you can do to put the fuel back in your tank, to have enough to take the walk, to have enough to call the therapist, you know? And if that is medication, if it is church, you said, like, reuniting with your faith again was was part of what poured that energy back into you to do that and just to eliminate all the like guilt and shame that goes along with depression I feel like that's a thing that makes me angry when I see people that I love being depressed because they're like I shouldn't feel this way everything you said like I should be happy for all of these things that I have and it's like no that it let's completely scrap that there's no room for that here like just do what you can to love your soul enough to get enough energy to take the next step and like Doug did I I admire you so much that you were like, I just tried to pick up the weight. And what you said, I just, I would, he would hug you more and he would tell you how important and loved you are because I think the impulse as a loved one is often to want to fix. And like you said, Doug, there's nothing you can do to fix. Like you can love and love and love and pick up the the dead weights. And and that's really kind of all you can do. And that feels helpless, but it, it, I'm glad to hear from you, Jamie, that like that really was what you needed more than him trying to like help fix it. Yeah, I think that um, words of affirmation are also like so powerful, but it just, it's kind of tricky because you don't want to say, you know, it, it's just, it's a tricky thing to do. Yeah. So the best thing you really can do, the best way you can show support is, I think, just to, to like 
to hug someone and mm. to just and kind of push him away and he would not let me and yeah. he would just hug me and and so then I kind of sink into it and um but I I think that I mean one other free free tip that could maybe help someone is what do you charge for tips <laughs> well, no, I'm saying like, we a resource that, gotcha. that like you don't have to pay for because I feel like medication you have to pay for therapy you have to pay for what the doctor you have to pay for but there's this app called Insight Timer and of course there's like the Bible app and mm-hmm. there's a lot of Bible apps there you could find a good one and just let that play but there's also there, I really love like meditating and there's so much power in just hearing positive affirmations yeah. over and over and over and I mean, I listen to this. It's called Insight Timer, and I share that with everyone because it's like the only app that I feel like is free. And so you could either choose to pay, which now I choose to pay because it has helped me so much. But you can, or you can just listen to free. And, and if you're, you know, you're new to meditating and all that jazz, it's, it sounds like voodoo a little bit or wonky. But to just have someone talking to you about like you are strong, you are brave, yeah. you are loved, and hearing that over and over again, even if you don't believe it. Like, just let that just run through your head and then slowly just start trying to believe it. Because you have to give a little effort. I mean, it yeah. always does come from a little bit of effort from yourselves. But you don't need any, you don't need an awful lot when it comes to, like, if someone's constantly telling you, like, you were brave, you were loved, you were needed, yeah. you were strong. Eventually, you're like, wait a minute, am I brave? Yeah, yeah I am brave. I can get through this. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, like, now, I mean, I literally think, Jesus, that I, like, some of these thoughts come to my mind. Right. Where, yeah, and I'm like, wow. That was a positive thought, yeah. like that I didn't need this <laughs> first. Like, this is great. I'm doing good. Yeah. No, I would love to get that, and we'll link it in the show notes because it really is. There's so much power in the words you speak and the words people speak over you, and just that yeah. that continued meditation on it. It really does rewire your brain. Like we had a neuroscientist on here a couple weeks ago, yeah. and it's like when you speak those truths to yourself. Um, they really start to change the way that your mind works and, and that that's a powerful, simple place to start. Yes. And that insight timer is absolutely free. Like, yeah. so yeah, we'll um, definitely link it. I think that's a good resource for people because everything costs money and not for prediction of for all the 10 days that, you know, it's, it's very expensive for sure. So for sure. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you guys so much. Everybody listening, like if Jamie and Doug's story is your story or anything that you've heard here, has really struck your interest or feels like a safe place you need to be like go to their youtube page hang with the hainers go to hot marriage cool parents y'all dive into a lot more of some seasons of struggle and what that looked like for y'all and overcoming and and just rebuilding um from some tough places in your marriage and it just is such an invitation for other people to do the same and and i'm really grateful for that i'm excited to know you guys and actually meet you in person in a couple weeks here in nashville which is gonna be awesome really excited shameless Um, plug family made event yes there's yes a family made event um which we will all be at and we're so grateful for them like we said at the top but um i want to ask you guys how we always end because the show's about choosing joy and chasing joy what's something bringing y'all joy right now i would say probably uh community jesus like uh are like just realizing there's a light at the end of the tunnel you know they're really for me, it's been a long time where I it's not sure, so it's nice to be that. I think um, for me, it's uh, been activities. Uh, Finding hobbies that tennis, yeah. uh, softball. Uh, you know the when you know when you for especially for me, like you can get stuck in the house, and you know when you live in a different state, like you know, I, I was always just like you know what I I have friends from my childhood you know like i i don't i don't have that yearn to make new friends or anything but then when you're in a different state you realize like sort of have to Mm. you know build the community again and um it wasn't a priority of mine Mm. until i started to um become active Mm -hmm. and eat tennis and and go to softball and and instead of saying, no, I'm just going to hang out here and, you know, find something to do around the house, uh, you know, going out and I, you know, I've met some really great people and that feels, that feels good. Yeah. Pickleball, right? Jamie, are you playing pickleball? pickleball? I love it. Yes. <laughs> I'm all about it. My husband and I play all the time. So if we have extra oh time God. in Nashville, we'll have to. Yes. Get a game that would going. Be so- I'm not that good though, so don't judge. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's all. Family made 
when family made has some uh, Olympics and competitions, we'll have to make pickleball one of the. Dude, we can make absolutely compete with us though, because that will be fair. So pickleball yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, He's way more confident than I am. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for being with us. Y'all go follow Doug and Jamie Instagram, YouTube on their podcast. And um, I promise you will not be disappointed. Y'all are y'all are such great voices and leaders for people, you know, who are new in marriage like me. So I, I appreciate y'all. Um, I respect you and can't wait to meet you. Well, we love you. Thank you so much for having yeah, us on your podcast. You. We really worries. appreciate being here. And I'm pumped to see you soon. It'll be fun. Pretty soon. All right. Yeah. See you guys. Thank you.